I'm over here now. Pardon the interruption, no need for introduction. It's the drunken monk. Turn this shit up a little, son. My bucket up in smoke, sipping Bacardi till I'm giving my car keys to Jimmy Ferrari. And we out, about to go jump in a mosh pit full of hundreds of hot chicks saying something obnoxious like, I gotta put my foot in your ass permit. When I'm done, I'll cook you in a Brooklyn blast furnace. We're over here now. <laughs> it's, it's official. <clears throat> Episode 139 of the Brooklyn Blast Furnace. Real quick, um, just want to knock out the sponsors. Um, podcast is sponsored by Generation Records, 210 Thompson Street in the West Village in New York City. Um, follow them on Instagram at Generation Records. Find them on Facebook as well. Um, you can find them online. I believe they have a mail order. So even if you're not in the city and you want to buy vinyl, all kinds of merch and all kinds of shit like that, go onto their website and you can get whatever you want. Great people. Um, shout out to Mark and shout out to Ron Grimaldi. So once again, Generation Records on Instagram at Generation Records. Check them out. And this podcast is also sponsored by New Republic Printing. And I say this every time I, I do these little advertisements off the top of my head that I, I recommended them. I recommend them to everybody, even before they were a sponsor. Um, you could order like there's no screen setup fees. There's no, no none of that shit. There's no hidden fees or anything like that. And if you get your stuff shipped to a commercial address, like your job or something like that, it's it's 100 free shipping. So if you order 10,000 shirts and you get like 100 boxes, it doesn't cost you an extra nickel, which is amazing. Um, they also do embroidery. They do vinyl stickers and buttons. Check them out on Instagram at New Republic Printing. Um, go to the website, especially. It's newrepublicprinting.net. You can check out their entire catalog of anything that you want. Something printed on, they can do it. Um, also on Twitter at NRepublicPrint. And check them out. Shout out to Steve McCarthy. Great guy. Awesome business. I've been using them on and off for over 10 years. And... Support the Patreon page. There's three different tiers. This will always be a free podcast, always. But there's three different perks that you can get from me if you do a monthly subscription. There is three tiers. It's $5 a month, $10 a month, or 20 bucks a month. It's up to you. You don't have to pay for it at all, and you can just keep on listening. Or if you feel like you want to throw me a couple of fucking shekels, <laughs> then fucking sign up and go to patreon.com slash the Brooklyn Blast Furnace. And with all of that said... We are officially into episode 139 with Joe Affy. What's up, my man? Hey, man. What's going down? Uh, we are in uh, the Winter Wonderland uh, Christmas Spectacular. That is my living room yes, in Bay Ridge. In Bay Ridge. <laughs> Holding on to dear life for Christmas. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, you got... There's a lot of gimmicks. <laughs> yeah, this is... Uh, you got the old school Santa Claus up on the sconce. <laughs> This is, you're looking at maybe 60% of uh, my mother's stuff. I just recently got my hands out of storage, a lot of my mother's old stuff. So we really, we got it up for a while for the kid. Yeah. I really kind of keeping my mom's spirit around and the spirit of the season a little extra this year. But uh, I get that. You know, just doing that. Yeah, it's, it's a little overwhelming. Uh, it's overwhelming, but I completely understand it. Like, the 70s uh, cardboard brick is always stylish in a great. living room. It's the greatest, though. I love that kind of shit. Even, like, the old-school Halloween ones with the fucking... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, yeah, the yeah. old-school witch and the pumpkin. Yes, with the, yes. You know what I'm talking about. <coughs> but I'm the not, old prints. Yeah. 
But yeah, no, see, holidays for me aren't the same because like there's nobody. Uh, you know what I mean? You, I you know you, what I, I mean? So, so like I, I don't feel them like the way I used to. Mm-hmm. It, it, that you can never recreate that shit. Like you know, even like Thanksgiving used to be my favorite holiday. It used to be my favorite. You know, just the whole family thing, the house, the way it smelled, and even especially like as a kid. Like I remember, we're like the same age. Mm-hmm. I'm 44, so we grew up in the same. In Brooklyn. Yep. So it's like I remember every single Thanksgiving, I would wake up, there would be the Thanksgiving Day Parade, and I wouldn't give two shits about it until the very end when Santa Claus came. That was right. like the finale. Yeah. That's all yeah, I cared yeah, yeah. about for two minutes. And then I don't remember the exact order, but there was always King Kong, Son of Kong, and Mighty Joe Young. Loved it. Always used to play Loved every it. Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then afterwards was football, or football maybe at the same time, but I remember as a kid, yeah. a little kid watching these monster movies. Yeah, I, uh, same thing in my house, but what I remember the most Thanksgiving was really like, you know, when you're a kid, you love everybody coming over. Of course. You love the fucking crowded house. Of course. The, you know, the mob scene, the okay. personalities. Yeah. Every single jacket on the bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A mountain of... A uh, mountain of coats. <laughs> I mean, shit, as you get older, you're like, man, I could fucking do it at this one. That uh, one. But when you were course. a kid, yeah. it's it's great. Don't forget March of the Wooden Soldiers. Of course. You know, that, that was a staple. It was, man. So it's like, but like now, it's like you just said, you know, you keep it around for the kid, and I get it. <laughs> yeah. It's not the same. It hasn't been the same for me. I mean, look, no. listen, I'm, you know, when she's old enough, she'll hear this, but... Uh, yeah. You know, it's been a couple of years. I think we could both relate. Yeah. Uh, we kind of touched on that before this uh, yeah. thing got started on the reasons why. But, yeah. you know, it's like anybody, everybody. I'm sure a lot of people can relate. Yeah, sure. It's tough to kind of, you know, right get now, into that spirit. And, you know, it's, who knows in 10 years from now, you know, whatever. Right. But, uh, yeah. What are you going to do? Exactly. So I understand you do it for the kid. And that's right. right. So I'm like, it's for kids. It's like, yeah, let yeah, the yeah, kids, yeah. you know, and my daughter, my, my daughter knows the whole deal, but. I I play it up for her. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. all about yeah, her. Yeah. It's my same here. I sit there. I watch my daughter open up gifts. Says she's happy. That's that, that's all it is. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, all yeah. It is. You can see we still got un uh, unopened gifts underneath there. We're still going. Yeah, yeah. Star Wars gimmicks. Love it. I know yeah. you do. They wreck. Those are mine, actually. I know they are. Didn't you post <laughs> something about like a huge like a Millennium Falcon? It's under there, big you guy. Very excited. Look, I just got excited all over again. That's awesome. <laughs> I saw that post. I'm like, he's happy. <laughs> that was a shock. My younger brothers got me that out of nowhere. I'm nice. Like, Holy shit. Yeah. I would love to fucking see. I used to, for some weird reason. It's it's odd because I'm that age where I should be a huge Star Wars fan. But I'm really not that big of a Star Wars fan. I was more like G.I. Joe, yeah. Thundercats, yeah, Masters yeah, yeah. of the Universe. Yeah, yeah, stuff. yeah. And I wish that I had all that stuff. But I'll sometimes go on eBay just oh, to see all that stuff. There. And it's so expensive, oh, yeah, bro. Yeah. I look on eBay. I don't These know. fucking hunks of fucking plastic. It's insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's insane. It's, do you remember? I don't know how big into G.I. Joe you are, but there was the Cobra Terradrome. I bought, I got it, I got, it was like Cobra Headquarters, like a plane came out of the middle, it was yeah. sick, and I, I got that for my birthday when I was like 10, right. and I was like the man on the block, and at the time, it was like $75 for that thing, in like 1985, Right. that's a lot of money for a toy, dude, in 1985, you better believe it, yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. that was like, that's all I wanted was a Cobra Terradrome, I look, and I, you, I found one on eBay, it's like, 
unopened mint in the box still like graded by the toy whatever in a in a fucking protective box it was like 30 grand for what it. 30 grand uh, I'm like you gotta be yeah. fucking kidding I mean I, I fucking I, I'm the worst with the internet with shit guitars first oh yeah worst, you know of course. and then you see like these outlandish prices for these vintage <sighs> things but then you get into like you know memorabilia and old toys yeah there are guys out there that are Fucking heavy. Yeah, oh yeah. It's a bit of market. It's a big racket too. So. It's a huge racket. Yeah. But they, they they get you like if you have a few dollars in the bank to spare and you and you're that nostalgic type oh, person, yeah. Oh, yeah. that's who they got. And and if I had more money, my yeah. house would be like fucking you you know what's crazy? You could buy anything. 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 Yeah. Like it's crazy. It's nuts. You sit there and search long enough. Right. You go down a couple of different avenues. You can get anything. Yeah. It's scary. Yeah. <laughs> we, want, we want to elaborate. No, we want to elaborate on that. What are you trying to say? You can buy people? <laughs> no, no, no. Hunks of plastic. Hunks of plastic that are way overpriced for idiots like us that salivate over this dumb shit. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, man. So, well, hopefully everybody out there had a happy new year and happy holidays, whatever you celebrate, this, that, and the other thing. But now it's January something. So, it's all weird. 2020. Wow. Weird. Yeah. It's so weird. It's like somebody posted something. It's, it's obvious. But then once you see it, it's like somebody posted like on New Year's Eve. They were like, at, at midnight tonight, 1970 was 50 years ago. And just seeing that, it's just like, it just, it resonates a little bit differently. It's just like, to me, 1970 feels like 30 years ago when I was even born in 1970. I was. I was. I was born 75. I was some 75 guy. Fuck, man. Wow. Isn't yeah. that scary? It's fucking crazy how you put it into perspective. You know, uh, yeah, the, the time and the body, but the mind stays, man. I don't know. It doesn't register as fucking 50 years ago. No, not at all. Uh, it's crazy. It's like there was something I was watching the other night. Thanks, was, Jimmy. You just depressed me. Yeah, oh, I mean, I mean my, no, no, that's all right. Thanks, buddy. No, no problem. I'm depressed <laughs> all the time when I try to find. It's like I was watching last night. Was it last night? It's a movie a lot of people do with Kathy Bates. It's a movie called Dolores Claiborne. I don't know if you've yes. ever seen it. Yes, yes. I haven't seen it in so long. I'm watching it last night. I look, Stephen King, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm watching it last night, 1995. And I'm like, that doesn't seem like too long ago. Twisted flick. 25 years, though. Wow. 95 wow. is 25 years ago. Yeah. Wow. Scary. Yeah. Yeah, like, you yeah. put things into perspective like that. It's like yeah. 95 seems like it was like 10 years ago. In your head. No, when you really think about it. And then you really it, think yeah. about it, it's two and a half decades. That's crazy. Right. Yeah. I don't usually trip too hard on when, how, you know, but when you sit and take a minute to think. Oh, like, I, I do that uh, a lot. I do that a lot, it seems like. Lately. I'm like, holy shit. Huh? Yeah, it was good music then, good times. A lot oh, of good yeah. people. When I start thinking about it in the past, you know what pops in my head? Crazy place. Country Club? Uh, well, clubs and shit, but a lot of The first thing is, before we even get into music, is the fucking people that were alive. Oh, and that's the first thing that kind of like, oh, when I think of years and I'm like, oh, shit, this one was around and this guy was around and that that one. And that's the first thing. But then you start thinking about when, when and where. And yeah, yeah, Country Club was one of those places. Yeah. I was there a few times. Yeah. That was uh, what was it? The want to be a lousy food. Oh, yeah. Never <laughs> had the food. No, me neither. No, I don't think there was food there. I probably wasn't. <laughs> Chips. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe, maybe. It looked like Wonder Bread. It looked like the Wonder Bread fucking... I, uh... All the polka dots on the outside. I think the first time I was in there, man, was for a fucking Journey cover band. This is before any hardcore started there. 
Where was this place again? 60. This, this is on uh, 60, the corner of 64th right. and 7th Avenue. Okay. 64th and 7th. I, I fucking pick up garbage around there and I drive past it all the time. It's some kind of like uh, religious missionary. Uh, really? Yeah. I'm not, don't quote me on exactly yeah. what it is, but it. Uh, I think some, the church bought it out and some like religious sect took it over and everything. Uh, but it's still the same corner you drive by and you're like, yeah. I do that with zigzag. I'll, I'll drive down. by uh, where uh, the old animal hall was and the new Ooh. animal hall. I mean, I look at. I mean, I still like every once in the blue, you'll go down fucking sixty fourth Street and see the old Lamours, and you're like, wow. Yeah, is it the Red Wolf, whatever? But yeah, that, yeah, now yeah. they make uniforms in there. Oh, really? It's like a Cintas type. I haven't even been up there. I think my heartache prevents me it's from making that turn. But even like the limelight, like I walk past the limelight, I get crazy, miserable. Right? Yeah, it's terrible. CB's is still and I saw him in. Oh, I don't even look over. Like, no. I'm coming down third and I'm heading toward the bridges to get back home. I won't Jump even look over. It. Yeah, me neither. It's no good. Yeah. It's kind of, because I, I immediately, you know, when movies, like, they try to do, like, the flashback and you can actually, they, you know, the movies will actually visualize the past for you. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because the brain does work like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. I could turn to the left and see, like, my friends at a crowded fucking matinee outside. Yeah. And like, I'm like, damn, I never thought I would be here and be that guy. I mean, I'm yeah. not the only one. Right, of course. But no. I'm to, that guy too. To live a span of time through a couple of special moments, you're like, yeah. when, you're, when you drive past these places, it's like, I mean, I could say that for like, Nightingales and Lismore Lounge and shit. It's, oh, yeah. it's crazy. It, New York, brother. Oh, well, it's, we we could go into that shit. Yeah. Even like something more like that's recently. probably a whole other episode, man. No, we we talk whatever we want. <laughs> so it's like we it's like I'm I'm down in the West Village often. I recorded last weekend, last week with Nastasi and Gallo, which I just put out right in Generation Records. So I'm walking, and it's, it's fairly recent, but I walk past, and it's like I look, and there's a sushi spot, but. There used to be Bleaker Bobs. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It's like... Yeah. Really? It's... It just... You know, back then, man... I mean, I'm not even saying back then. <clears throat> there was a... It wasn't... For some of these places, it wasn't that long ago. No. But if you were to really go back into, say, like, the heyday, like, say, 85, 86... Right. And the amount of things and culture and places and faces that were around just doing oh. and taking part of the the movement yeah as compared to now oh, brother it's, it's dead it's dead it's terrible to say but it's the truth yeah like you know just you know um i mean let's just <laughs> all right so that's the 80s let's go into like Early nineties. Early nineties. Early nineties was like my Bond Street Cafe. Right. Horrible apartment of a club. Right. A lot of good shows. Right. Um, there was a place down the block called the Downtime. A lot of good shows. That's gone. Rather like the, the Marquee. Gro- I, side, I saw was, so many good yeah, shows man. in that place. Yeah, that was fuck. I saw Nirvana there. Uh, I saw Nirvana at Roseland. Another one that's gone. Roseland. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Man, it's it's over. I mean, I, I don't know if it's over or revolving. I guess we're in that transition where you can't even tell. All you know is that you look around and you're like, yeah, 
wow, things are gone and opportunities right. are gone to even just perform and shit. It's right. crazy. It's, I mean, yeah, a lot of people will say, oh, maybe it's evolving into something else. Yeah, it might be evolving into something else, but whatever that something else is, it's way far and few between compared to how it used to oh, be. Oh, yeah, no. There used to be a hundred clubs. Listen, in came the money, out went the culture. That's oh, what yeah. happened to the city. Yeah. Fucking all five boroughs, too. Oh, sure. I mean, it's not completely dead. There are still places and people doing their thing, yeah. but it's definitely not the same. No. Not, I mean, not it's like an understatement. This is probably beating a dead horse even right. talking about it, but but it's the truth. Yeah, it's it's fucking. You know, I can even I can even say the advent of the internet as well. Yeah, yeah, Kill yeah, yeah. a lot of it. Oh, of course. You can press a button, hear a song. I, I, I'm not gonna go see that man. Whatever this, that, and the other thing you can see. Yeah, it's, well, there's a generation of kids that their involvement is sitting at their, you know, computer chair. That you know, whereas. Right. We, you actually had to run out and get a record and buy a tape and buy a record and then actually go and get off your ass to go and, and like acquire the music and yourself. seek it out. Yeah. And you that, had a, there was a drive to find new shit. There's an instant gratification that's going on with right. YouTube and hitting like. Yeah. That just sucked all of that out. Yeah. Not completely. But. I mean, people are still going to shows. Absolutely. You know, but. Back then, before you had, like, the accessibility of, you know, the the quick fix of the internet. Yeah. That's how you did it. Yeah. That's what made it a little more special. That's why people were out. People were out in the streets. Yeah, absolutely. Even now, like, in the summertime, you drive past any of these school parks, anything like that on a Friday, it's dead. There's no kids hanging out. There's none of that. Why should they when they're fucking home on their phone and in some kind of chat room or uh, I know, but it's just, it's yeah. bizarre. I know. You know, I it's know. not where we came from. So it's like, yo, get out, go do yeah. some shit. Why are you home playing video games? I think we uh we were part of the last wave. We definitely were. Of the good shit like yeah. that, you know, where you could actually see it, do it and feel it for yourself, whereas now it's like the, the the thrill of it isn't is never going to be the same. No, it's like a virtual fucking yeah. experience. Yeah, it's not yeah. a physical out in no. the open. And it's not it's for, for a lot of people. It's not even that important. It's like not. Band, even some bands today, it's more important to fucking have the flyer of the show than actually the show. Right? Is it? Is it me? It's a little crazy no, it's, like it's that. It's true. It's true. And the know. flyer isn't even a physical flyer. The no, flyer is on, no. on Instagram. Right, right, right. Right. I can tell you right now, um, <coughs> flops, flyers, man. I used to... Telephone poles would be fucking... Forget it, man. It be- I made so many... I really got into, like, the flyer thing when uh, when Max and Penalty started first kicking up. It was a big deal for me. I was like, yes. I was very into it. Yeah. So, like, we all were. Yeah. Uh, straight out of high school, Manhattan. Yeah. Uh, my friend Brian brought me in. Um... He had gone to LaGuardia with me and he's like, yeah, you know, we're, you know, we just lost our guitar player. Uh, we're about to do a show. And I'm like, yeah, all right. And he was an art student. We started playing. That's how I met Jimmy and Mildred and everybody. How long was Maximum Penalty f- together before that you came into? I think about a year. Okay. They, they recorded some songs, uh, scratched a couple, and then they lost two. They did a show at Nightingale's that I was at. And then two band members left. Uh, and one of the band members that stayed, the other guitar player, was in LaGuardia with me. And uh, my friend Brian Gosha. Uh, and he's like, listen, you know, we need, a, we need a player. And I had already known Jimmy from when he played in Sarcasm. Right. So uh, this if is If anyone like, don't know, it's Jimmy Williams, by the way. Right, right. Uh, 
80, end of 86, beginning 87. I'm in high school. I'm learning, you know, a couple of songs. And I was writing a couple of songs with Brian in his, in his apartment. And then, uh, not two weeks later, I'm at Giant Studios, 14th Street, uh, shit all, um, <laughs> legendary studio. Right. Uh, and, uh, before you know it, like, yeah, we got a show with, uh, Agnostic Front at CB's. Sick. So that was my first hardcore show that I ever played. It was, uh, the live record. It was, uh, live at CB's. Really? That was my first, uh, You played that night. It's right there on the wall, brother. Right up there. That CB's thing. Uh, no Brian's, shit. Brian's mom printed that up out of the Village Voice for all of us. And uh, it was... Uh, Wrecking Crew, Maximum Penalty, and Agnostic Front. Yeah. When they recorded... Live at CB's. The yeah. first Live at CB's. Yeah, that was my first fucking hardcore show. That was my third record I ever bought. Uh, hardcore record. You want to talk... Now... It was, you know, uh, Jimmy was... I didn't know that. That's yeah. fucking heavy, bro. That's great. That was... Uh, so, it's been downhill ever since. Oh, no. my God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it left it such an impression, man, that I'm like, all this time later, I'm still playing and still loving it. So, yeah. that was a... That was a line out the door. CBGB's. Fuck, yeah. That was, uh, you know, it was a little later down the line. It was 88. But that was also a little early for me. Like I, like eighty nine was like when I right. found all this. Right, shit. right, right. Yeah, uh, and uh, that was the first. I was like, wow, that was great, and uh, it was just surreal that uh, here I am in CBS and Roger. I just met him and Vinny, totally cool with me. Yeah. Uh, now these are guys I was already, you know, I'd already been into Victim and Pain. I mean, of course. And then right next to them is Danny Loca, big Nuclear Assault fan. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, okay, this is very, very strange. And uh, <laughs> but Tommy Victor doing sound at the time, uh, you know, it was very cool. People yeah. know we we kind of released the demo like uh, two, three months prior to that. I don't even think where the Wild Things Are comp had come out yet. Uh, I'm not really sure. I okay. forget what month. I think it was an 89 release. So this was before the, the Bill Wilson Blackout Records comp, right. which put us on the map. Right. Um, put a lot of people on the map. Yeah, man. Sure. And, uh, but a couple of people, I remember Gus coming in and going crazy to a couple of songs and I was just, it was, and we had just sound checked. See, they were running so late at this show that they were like, listen, we got to get a line check. We were the first man up, but they had already opened the doors. Nobody realized that it was a sound check. And we just kind of, Tommy's like, listen, just give me a song before everybody gets in here over the PA. And we start playing and people started going absolutely ballistic. Oh shit. And now this is my first, now I had gone to CB's uh, prior to that, but it was always for like, you know, other bands. Sure. And, you know, I had seen Warzone and AF there already. Wow. So now for me to like be up there at that time, you know, you're talking, even though I was 17 years old, I was like, holy shit. Yeah, of course. So CB's was a place to fucking go, <laughs> man. You needed to, you needed to play that. And during the sound check, people thought we got a great reaction. Sound check. So needless to say, that show was uh, probably one of the best times uh, ever as, as a band. And uh, we wound up playing there like close to 20 times after that. Before really? Closed. Yeah. Love that fucking Yeah, place. I miss that place. Such That's, a little shithole. I know it's cliche and everybody says it, but of course. I, I really do. I miss a lot of clubs. I miss Wetlands. Yeah. I miss Coney Island High. We were talking yep. about that before. I fucking kind of missed all that shit. I courted my wife at Coney Island High. That's how I met my wife. It was That was a great place. Yeah. Uh, I oh, saw Leeway there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I saw fucking forget. There was a lot of shows there too. I know there was, and now like I would, before I, would, I would, before we were recording, right. I was in the service. Yeah, so yeah I was yeah. kind of out of the loop. There's a, there's a, there's like a three or four year period where so much great shit was going right. on that I was kind of out of the loop. And when I came back, I was like, also a weird the? time, no, Jim. It, it, was, it was, it was, it was a weird time. Early nineties was a, was definitely. A mid, it was more mid nineties. Oh, okay, for you. Yeah, right. well, when I I joined in March of '96 and didn't come back till like '99. Oh, okay, all right. So there was that whole little weird time. Oh well, that was uh, I can tell you for for us it was uh, we had uh, that was two records after the demo then because there was uh, I think around, what happened was right around '89 uh, '90, um, Jimmy Williams was incarcerated. Okay. Uh, for undisclosed reasons, right. you know, went to college, yeah. <laughs> and in that time, the band we had had uh, uh, Richie Giannoni, Mark Sisto, Nicky Vignapiano, two thirds of Social Disorder, right, and a chunk of Breakdown, and me and Jimmy Williams. But Social Disorder, geez, yeah, he's good all the time. Uh, dear friends, yeah, grew up with them. Yeah, I've uh, seen them probably. I couldn't tell you how many times, like, but like by accident, yeah, because they would be opening up for whoever. Yeah, it's like a freak thing <laughs> that I was never even in that band. But uh, I think because they had all kind of stayed in high school in Brooklyn, and I went to high school in Manhattan. But prior to that, we were friends, and but uh, always dug them. Always yeah. loved the fire. They were fucking real, yeah. you know, do it yourself, sure. real, right off the bat. They were the first ones for me to really see them. They were at it in '85, man, with a tape. Jesus. So, yeah, I give them a lot of credit uh, that they didn't, that they necessarily didn't never got to. Right. Um, There's a lot of bands around that time yeah. that only like a, a few select few, like kids nowadays. The kids nowadays don't know who fucking nobody's perfect is. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. yes, it's a little bit later on, yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. You know, early, early nineties, but like people don't know like like that kind of shit. They, it's it, you know, uh, there's a lot of bands that should just fucking put their shit. Out just to put it out on you know compress it throw the file up on the internet just so people can hear it yeah man. they're one of the bands I don't know I, I think uh, nobody's perfect actually has like a, a couple of things on YouTube maybe but bands like Social Disorder bands like Stillborn these are bands yeah. that need to like have uh, I know Sarcasm just recently released uh, an old demo on vinyl Crowd Control. Oh, love Louie. Yeah, man. Alvy, I love those guys. Yeah, Know them guys a long time. Yeah, too. I said Crown Control. Crown Control was great that's shit, some, man. Uh, by that time, it was... Uh, oh, I used God. to love the name of that band. Too. Yeah. Somebody's Crown Control. There was a bunch of us that rehearsed right at the tail end of the first NP breakup. We were going out to Ace London, Joe okay. Crowder's place on yeah. Quinton Road. And that's where we met a lot of people. Yeah. We met fast them. lanes like that was a lot of bands. Yes, like we rehearsed there too. Yeah, Mikey, shout out to Mikey Ferrara, big Mikey, big balls. Fucking, uh, he should reopen that fucking place. Oh he's, my god, he's fucking missed. Yeah, he is. Uh, <laughs> that place is missed. Always a good vibe. Yeah, and, I would hang out there a lot. And I, I miss Joe uh, Bravo on Quentin Road. There was a lot of, you know, we would rehearse upstairs and. Uh, Repulsion slash typo Fuck, yeah. would fucking have downstairs blocked out. So. But a lot of bands, Crowd Control was one of them in there. There was yeah. a lot of bands that came Biohazard out. Biohazard used to fucking rehearse yeah. fast lane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, like there's Bob and Hamble and there's Billy and there's Evan. And there's, yeah, you know, like first and second demo, like before the record. Yeah, all yeah. that. I think at a time, at one time right around there, we kind of pulled out of Brooklyn and we started going into Boo Studios in Manhattan. 
I never even heard of that place. It was on 30th Street. It was one of many studios. It was that was the meeting point for us. Whereas like everybody, the Brooklyn bands, most of the guys were from Brooklyn. Uh-huh. And MP, I'm the only guy from Brooklyn. All right. You had Bronx, Uptown, Lower East Side. You had fucking Queens, and then me coming in. Right. So it was Manhattan and Boo Studios, and then if that turned into. Uh, uh, fucking uh, ultrasound for a little bit, and then fuckadelic and fucking uh, yeah, yeah, these are all old spots. You know the regular run of the mill studio. You oh, know cool. shit, give. You didn't care. You didn't give a shit. <clears throat> <clears throat> yeah, I mean, right at uh, not to break up the timeline, but uh, nah, whatever. Was, uh, We're all over the place. It, it happens every episode. <laughs> there was uh, when Jimmy wound up leaving uh, for. You know, his uh, situation. Yeah. Um, the rest of us were still writing songs, and we were going to actually, we were supposed to do uh, Seven Inch with Blackout at the time. Okay. So he wound up moving ahead with Outburst at the time, released theirs, and because we didn't have a singer, we were dead in the water. Right. And uh, me and Mark Sisto at the time, huge horror fans. Yeah. Huge horror fans. Yeah. So, Same here. You know, uh, one I didn't of the, know that about you. One, of the, one of the movies that we would we were in love with at the time was Hellraiser. Okay. So the configuration of Lament was a big thing. And that's where that kind of came from. And we took like, we didn't know it, but we kind of took, uh, you know, uh, away from the hip hop funk punk rock of MP, we lean toward like almost an emo type of metal core. Right. We didn't know it was emo at the time. No, there was, it was one. Yeah, there was no such thing. Yeah. And, uh, John Scandato, yeah. uh, one of the many Scandatos in one the music biz. Yes. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the older, the oldest performer. Right. Uh, Kat, there's also Kevin, but he didn't, he was never in a band. John came in and, uh, filled in with one show in Connecticut. It was Killing Time, Maximum Penalty, and Sub-Zero. Were they Killing Time? Or were they, they, were kill- they were Killing Time, okay. and we were billed as Maximum Penalty, but I told, uh, you know, the promoter that, you know, what was going on, and he never changed it on the fly, and we went up there with a lament banner. Oh, and everybody's like, what the what fuck the is fuck? going on? Yeah. But at the time, we were still doing Maximum Penalty songs, but four or five other unknown songs. That was the weird transition. And it wasn't until uh, the 7-inch, the Drowning Room 7-inch came out that we solidified, like, who we were. Yeah. That, that was that, and now this was this. You guys are another band that I saw I don't know how many times. Yeah, that was a, that was a good time. That was, uh, it was weird. I mean, we ran around with, you know, it was Dark Side, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Mar- uh, Marauder, Marauder was born. sure. Um, Even, like, old, early life of Agony. Yeah, Confusion, Confusion. Patterns. Uh, Patterns, shout out to Les. Yes. Sarah Harris said fucking at Fast Lanes. Absolutely. Out of state pe- people, like Next Step Up, uh, uh, Stock Weather. We were sure. all kind of like, you know, they were, com- they were coming up to the country club. We would do, we were swapping out shows with them. Yeah. And then, uh, I don't know, that kind of, I guess that kind of ran its course. A couple of members left. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, that whatever happens, life, you know? Of course, man. I think it was after that was, uh, let me see. Well, you put out, you put out the Drown Room 7-inch. Yes. What was the name, what was the name of, I still have it. It's the, 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 it's a, the yellow cassette tape, the yellow cover. All right. So what happened was that was another version of Lament. We had right. reunited. Okay. Uh, 
And we reunited right around. I mean, Jimmy was still kind of uh, under thumb. Okay. And uh, under thumb. So, you know, we were um, it, at that time, uh, Mark had left, Richie had left, Nikki, and it was still kind of me and John. Uh, and uh, we, I had a couple of songs and we started uh, getting involved with uh, this great bass player out of Staten Island, Jeff Mackey. Jeff Mackey played in. Uh, a Lamore's thrash band called Machine. Okay, they, they Machine. I believe I, I've, I've, I've seen them, but I believe that they actually played the last thrash band. Yes, yes, they did. Yeah, okay, yes, they did. Okay, old school. I remember. I remember. Band. I don't know how I yeah. remember all this shit. But I remember all this shit. It's Jeff Mackey, the bass player, super guy, super talent, came on board. Uh, and we wound up, I had had a, a friend, Max Capshaw, who filled in uh, for uh, Armand um, when Blood, Sweat, and No Tears came out. Oh, uh, fucking record. And Armand, at the time, was, you know, really trying to get Rest in Pieces off the ground. And Max had come in for a, a short while. I think he's in the Injustice System video. Okay. But we were, we were doing shows with them all the time. So we just kind of, you know, you meet, you know, friends. uh so he was no longer with them and pretty much came on and we wrote like a shitload of songs, put out four. Uh, he hooked us up with Don Fury, went into Spring Street. That was another great experience. Oh, yeah. A little hardcore bucket list for me. Oh, of course. For, and for all of us. For all of us. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we wound up doing uh, a record on Tune Hype called Levitate, which was not as... Uh, Metalish, metalish core, but we slowed it down. There was definitely like a uh, a stoner element okay. at that time. But uh, shows later, Max started playing with H two O. H two O had formed. This was, I think, ninety four. Okay, and uh, that sounds about right. And then you know, Jimmy was released, and I was in contact with him, and immediately reminiscing. Me and Jimmy have a special thing. I've known him since I'm a kid. We've been performing and writing and creating together so long. Even then, it was like it was like a no-brainer to pick MP back up at that point. And that's when uh, we had Mark Labetti, who was the original uh, the original drummer, and Mark Sisto, who had left uh, Lament years ago, rejoined MP. So it was me, Sisto, uh, Labetti, and Jimmy and we did East Side Story, which is like a, like a quick four song thing. Right. New songs. Let's start playing shows. Boom, boom, boom. And it snowballed into independent. Right. But by that time, we had lost Libetti. Uh, he was involved in stuff up uh, up in the Bronx. He just didn't have the time. Right. Um, still love him. Still in contact with him. Major part of. The initial sound of the band right. was Mark Labetti's drumming, uh, which was different than it was. It was a break away from like a, a lot of what was actually happening. Yeah, his whole mental vision of what he was doing was he a school technical drummer? No, but he could paint and and give you visuals with his snare and hi hat that were very very hip hop, but driving punk hardcore at the time, which was great, which kind of separated us. Yeah. From a lot of other bands. And plus Jimmy's voc Jimmy's vocals yeah, are completely fucking yeah. different. Yes. But uh we he wound up leaving at that time. We got uh this kid Darren Moitola from Seal with a Fist, this uh young hardcore band from uh Connecticut, and uh had a run with him and that turned into Super Life. Yeah. And uh this was around I guess around the time I you know, you were in the service. 
So we did Super Life in well, 97. Yeah, so I was in the service at that point. <clears throat> yeah, that was our little attempt at the record biz. Okay. That was, uh, that was MP pushing a song, Could You Love Me, trying to hustle that with uh, an independent out of Manhattan who had some money called Gypsy Records. They were very good to us. Right. Uh, a little, at the time, a little clueless. I mean, we were all, like, kind of new with each other and the market and everything, and we definitely weren't, like, you know, warped tour material. Right. But no, we weren't... I couldn't picture that. You know, uh, so they didn't really know how to package us, and it was a decent label. We had we had a couple of bucks. It was uh, a Velvel CBS Records thing. We went to a big studio. They gave us a, uh, a budget, they gave us tour support and they put us out. We we did two great tours in America with uh, uh, we did uh, the states uh, with we did two months with uh, Dropkick AF Sick. and US Bombs. Great experience. Yeah, that was ninety eight after the release of the record, and then we also did over to Europe and shit. We went to Europe with uh, with AF prior to that. Uh, is where we met actually Billy Milano, who started managing us. <laughs> Shout out to Billy Milano. Uh, <laughs> Billy, you you owe me pastries. Yeah, uh, he does. So uh, that was a whole deal. Love, love Billy. Love me and Billy. Me and Billy hit it off. Yeah, because Billy to me reminds me of a family member. I've already, of course, see, I come from like the loud, aggressive uh, yeah. sarcasm. Yeah. So when I meet Billy. Nothing phased me, right. and I me loved either. it. Yeah. I loved it, yeah, you know. And I think he took to that right away. Yeah, but I'll, I'll get back to Billy. Um, yeah, so, we have some MOD shit to go. Over. <laughs> uh, so I think it was right then and there we did uh, we did the Misfits for two months back in the states, and then we did uh, this was American Psycho. Uh, Great record. record. I love it. Yeah. Uh, but that was a, a really good run. And then right around, I mean, then we did the thing with Sick of It All. And then uh, we did our own thing with Powerhouse and Fahrenheit. Um, and that was, uh, that was pretty, not that it ran out of gas, but it was time for a new record. But at that time, you know, yet again, like Mark Sisto worked for the phone company. He couldn't, at, you know, he was the, he was the only one at the time with a real job. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it should happen. Of course. And then as time went on, who didn't start to get a real job? So, right. But, um, and then after that, it was, uh, I think, uh, it was a kind of a little bit of a parting of the ways. We took a break. That was like 99, 2000. And, okay. uh, I think Darren went to Madball and I went to Texas uh, to start pre-production with Billy. Billy had called me up. Billy at the time. Where was in like, Texas? Uh, where were we? We were uh, right outside of Dallas. We were in okay. Fort Worth. Okay. Um, this is where you used to live, not in Austin. Yeah. This is 2000. I went, to, I went to Six Flags in Dallas. Dallas, I got to tell you, man, Texas and that kind of living, I mean, I guess you got to be from there. I know Austin's a whole nother thing. Yeah. But, man, those days are long and hot. Oof. That yeah. heat is fucking brutal. Yeah. yeah, this is over 20 years ago. I was brutal. There, but, yeah. That's oh. why you were talking about New Mexico. Oh, I mean, it's kind of like the same. Oh, yeah. But, dude, I was in city. In, in, in when I was in boot camp in, like, July of 96 oh. on a fucking black top tarmac in San Antonio oh, marching around all day long 
the worst sweating your balls off. As soon as you walked yeah. out, you it was like a river down your yeah. back. It was just yeah, a mess. Yeah. You know, it was crazy down there. That was the one thing that stuck out was the heat. And the other thing that fucking I caught was that everybody fucking had a gun. Oh, everybody. Even then. Yeah. Like, it was no big deal. Nope. We would go out and eat and shop and shit, and there'd be fucking a firearm right on this guy's side. I yeah. saw one in a fucking woman's purse. Like, yeah. just while she was paying for fucking groceries at the fucking teller. I'm like, yeah. holy shit. Yeah. Nobody bothered Different world, I guess. Completely different world. No one fucks with everyone because everyone has a gun. Uh, before, everyone, say, everyone, everyone, you know. Before behaves. Billy moved down there, he was in uh, the bomb shelter out in Hoboken. And he's like, look, listen, Joe, I know you're not uh, anything going on with MP because we were in talks and he was managing us. And so he knew everything that was going on and what wasn't going on. So. Man, what year is this again around? This is uh, 2000. Okay. So, uh, I, I was back home. I start fucking, I start, uh, rehearsing songs and, and, uh, writing songs with Billy. Billy had a bunch of songs already. Guy's a hustler and a writer yeah. and a player yeah, and a fucking, the guy, I give it to Billy. He's got the big picture. Yeah. Uh, he's a very, when he wants to be, he could be a very focused individual and a great artist. Right. Uh, you know, a lot of people like, you know, probably just like kind of, look past that because of his relentless sarcasm, mm. but he's a very intelligent guy. Yeah. Knows exactly what he's doing. Oh, yeah. Um, and I give it to him for that. Oh, yeah. I had before, I mean, I had I had him, it was it was basically the Billy Milano show. Of course. You know, when is it not? Right. <laughs> it was supposed to be all of the guys, but they all came in for like two or three minutes, but it was basically the Billy show. <laughs> all right, get out of here. You're done. Yeah, get out of here. All right, all right, all right. Go, go sell merch. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. So it's like before that, though, we were sitting in a little Mexican restaurant, but way before we were recording, I mean, it was just me and him, which is bullshit. Yeah. The dude's fucking, he's, yeah. he's not fucking stupid. No. No. I, I've always, I always got along with Billy. I know a lot of people, sensitive people along the way are like, you know, put off by him. I think what? he's a straight shooter. That's yeah. what I love about the guy. Me too. You know? Yeah. Uh, so he's like, listen, you're not doing anything with MP right now. Everyone's, why don't you come out to Jersey uh, and do this record with me? And I'm like, fuck yeah, let's do it. Yeah. But what had happened was, is that an opportunity kind of presented itself to him. And he's like, listen, I got to relocate to Texas. Is that a problem? I'm like, no. He went, I stayed, and then as soon as when he ready, I got I flew down there for two months, worked on uh music and prepared for a tour. We went out and did uh states with uh Kevin Talley on drums uh and Sparky Voiles on uh bass, two guys from a band called uh Misery Index. Okay. Um, I know the band, but I'm not familiar right. with them. Great guys. Kevin Talley, super talented thrash drummer. Okay. Uh the whole nostalgic circuit for that tour it was cool. Uh, and uh, the crazy thing, we wrapped that tour up, and uh, I think it was about maybe three weeks, uh, just the States. And he's like, yo, man, I'm fucking moving back to Jersey. Instead of flying up, let's fuck, let me get a U-Haul. We'll take all our fucking gear. I'll take my whole life, and I'm going to fucking head back up to fucking Jersey. I'm like, fine. Yeah. He pulls up. Here, we drive, it takes us two days with fucking, you know, the dog and the cat, me and him, <laughs> the fucking cat shit and threw up right in front of me in the, in the fucking truck. I've never seen that in my life. It was great. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, buzz, buzzard? Buzzard the cat. Huge fucking huge cat. Buzzard the cat. Oh, yeah. That's a Billy thing. Of course it is. He drops me off in front of this house right here. Yeah. And, uh. You're like, oh, all right, I, I got to go. You know, I, you know, take me this long. I got to get to Jersey. I need a fucking bed. I need a shower, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all right, I'll talk to you. Fucking three days later, 9-11. 
Uh, <coughs> three days later is 9-11. We were like, holy shit. So obviously everything, you know, between Brooklyn and Hoboken wasn't exactly an easy flow no. to get anything done. No. But uh, we eventually we worked it out and we wound up doing uh, The Rebel You Love to Hate on Nuclear Blast Records, which... Was an experience. I'm sure. Talk about it. Why? Made, made a, you know, <laughs> a, you know, Billy's subject matter is uh, pretty unique. I'll yes. just say that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah. not afraid to, you know, say no. it. Listen, um, he has the balls to say it. Listen, yeah. fucking say it. Met a lot of cool people with that. Uh, Scott Metaxas, great producer. Wound up doing uh, a lot of guitar work with Paul Crook. Uh, Anthrax meatloaf guy uh, Paul is an amazing player Really And when you're another player And can and can appreciate that When you're just Doing lick for lick With a, a guy that's just Completely inspirational The yeah. guy I, To this day I'm not saying I copped a couple of his licks I couldn't even Come close Right But you learn a couple of things Of course Great attitude Professional guy And just an Overall fucking Great monster player yeah. So when you hear that record I gave you, it's me and him. Uh, it's all rhythm. I did all the rhythms. Billy Milano plays all the bass on it. Yeah. He was playing the bass during sound check when I first went to Vitus that night. He can play. He was sitting on a fucking stool, yeah. looking half homeless with his beard and his crazy hair, <laughs> playing the fucking bass. He's fucking trying to goof on me. I'm like, take it easy, fucking Dumbledore. Oh, dude. Yeah. Not Dumbledore. What's his name? I got it, though. Uh, Hagrid. I mean, Hagrid Milano. Take it easy, bro. <laughs> Yeah, I walked in, he's playing the bass, like, yeah, Ferrari, but podcast. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, how you doing, Billy? <laughs> Give me a minute, I'll take your time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got, I got pastries here, and I need a minute. Oh, God, it was hysterical. Well, he he pulled a hole. He, as we were talking and doing the podcast, he rips a hole in the top of the box, and he's like, Pushing the cover up and down so like so bursts smell of smell yeah right by my face you can smell that you smell that right in my face I was dying he's such a retard he's such a retard I love him I yeah, love me him. too it's terrible but great experience with that uh, even when I couldn't do it you know I mean I, I guess just I, I love Billy and it was never a weird thing uh, even not, you know not being able to play anymore together I mean he. He went back to Texas. I was still here. So it was like not, you know, easy. He's been in Texas for a while now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, But the album kind of ran its course and, you know, but it was a great experience. A lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, man. The Rebel You Love to Hate. Oh, fucking. There's a couple of fucking great riffs on there. Yeah. Great, great riffs. A couple of fucking doozy subject matters. Of course, of course. Listen, fuck it. He tipped on around shit. Yeah. So what's up with the band that I was not familiar with when I was when I was talking to you about doing the flyer and this and that? Oh, fully. Fully. Okay. Um at the time I guess it was uh F-U-L-L-Y, people, fully. Uh, we had did uh, independent on uh, IJT Records, and Jimmy was in. He was involved in a studio called Night Owl on Thirty Street and and Eighth Avenue in Manhattan. We would hang out there, rehearse, record, had do some more hanging out. Um, mutual friend Sergio Vega, you know, hanging around, DJing, writing songs. This is kind of post Quicksand. 
Uh, they weren't doing anything at the time, and he had a bunch of songs. He brought them up to Night Owl and pretty much put the band together right there. He asked, uh, you know, he had Jimmy on drums, he had me on guitar, and he brought John, John Jesse uh, from Nausea. No shit. Uh, and on bass, they were longtime friends. That's right. Jimmy plays drums because Jimmy plays drums in Isaac's other band, The Wild Against it. Right, that's right. Right. Okay. This was more of like uh, I guess when you hear it, it's definitely a quicksand kind of morph. Um, a little. I'm um, not mad at that because Slip is like my all-time favorite it's, record it's, ever. It's kind of cross between a little Floyd, okay, and quicksand. And uh, I thought the songs were great. I still think the songs are great. I mean, I I, you know, I know when you talk to Sergio now, he's, uh, you know, I'm sure, and like any artist, you know, uh, he's doing bigger and better. But for the time, right. and at the time, I was really happy with uh, these songs. He was coming out, and we went in and recorded with him, and we were getting great tones, and we went up to Ithaca to record, and hmm. uh, Jen Topper from IJT said, hey, look, listen, you just did Independent. Let's just bring this in. Roger uh, Murray has got his side band, Lady Luck. Why don't we do a split? And I forgot about Lady Luck until you we, brought that up. Yeah, and we were like, well, yeah, of course, let's do it. Um, there was nothing to lose. There was no pressure. It was a very cool vibe. We played a couple of shows together uh, at Brownies. We hit Brownies a lot. We hit Wetlands a lot. We did Under Acme. Uh, you know, a lot of the smaller Lower East Side kind of spots. Yeah. Um, but it was it was great. Uh, you know, Sergio now, I mean, obviously, this guy's up to, you know, full-time Deftones member. God, I love him. Crazy. Uh, I'm happy for him. Sure. Uh, I live vicariously through this motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, still a great friend. Still uh, another another guy who knows what he's doing. Great songwriter. Uh, very calculated kind of player and writer, uh, an inspirational cat. You yeah. Know? One of those guys you meet along the way that you're like, wow. Yeah. Kind of like Paul Crook and then Sergio, Billy. These are like pivotal key guys yeah. that, you know, anyone would come across just doing their thing and be like completely inspired yeah, by Yeah, like that's you know? the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Huh. But that was a great time, man. It was like, uh, and I think we did it again, I think, in 99 I forget. Jimmy would know. Um, Just like local stuff, pretty much? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, one-offs, locals here and there. Yeah. Um, so this is the only release that you guys put out? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And it's I think it's a couple of songs yeah, on there. Yeah, it's a split. Yeah. A new beginning. Yeah. that I don't even think it's in print anymore. Featuring the sounds of Fully and Lady Luck for the people out there. And there you go. <laughs> yeah, no, without a doubt. I'm, I'm yeah, nobody really curious. Nobody that. really talks about it. It's out of print. Yeah, not that it's a hush hush thing, but I think you know, you know, Rogers AF, and this guy's already on to something oh, sure. else. But it's definitely something I'm proud to be a part of. Yeah, that was a cool moment. Yeah, because when you said you were like fully, I'm like, huh? And I even said right, I was like, right. why do I not know this? So we did a couple of shows at Orange Nine. You know, uh, what else did we do? We did. Uh, Oh man, what was that other Wetlands show? I can't even think. But uh, it would you know a lot of cool shows. Uh, we worked with uh, Mark Ryan at the time had a uh, his band Loaded. Okay, we were doing like you know one offs here and there. We played yeah. Sense Field and you know a couple of the Rev bands, so it was cool. Nice, yeah. Sense Field, wow, oh, that throwback shit, man. Yeah. Fucking crazy. 
So what's going on with MP now? I mean, you guys, you guys, you guys play. I'm not going to say often, but you guys, you guys play. Yeah, you know, uh, I think the days of uh, hustling it uh, a little behind us. You know, who's got kids? Yeah, who's got full time jobs? You know, we do when we can, but no one's 16 no more, bro. We, you know, unfortunately, I guess you could say we try to be a little selective on the gigs instead of just saying yes to everything like we used to. Of course. You know, we're a little older, we're a little wiser, you know. Uh, you know, right now we have uh, Eric R.C., uh, Murphy's Law Misfits on drums, Blessing. Yeah. Uh, we got Busky. Shout uh, out to Jonathan Busky. Uh, you know. Busky Design. Terror, Terror and the Promise. Uh, we got sure. Ray Fonseca. Agents yeah. of Man on the other guitar, and uh, we're maintaining right now. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people, uh, you know, a couple of people got shit going on. I know uh, Eric is filling in with Murphy's Law. I, I know Busky's uh, out touring with uh, Earl. Mm-hmm. I, I I'm not sure. Um, Bring back Manipulate. <laughs> and uh, they, uh, so we're working on five new songs. Awesome. And, uh, I think that's probably going to happen. It's been a while since you dropped some new shit. Yeah. There's been reasons for that. I'm, I'm sure. We went to a couple of drummers. Um, shows come up. And then other projects come up. And to be honest with you, you know, again, when you go back to, like, the regular, like, reality and, like, uh, a day job. Oh, yeah. Uh, especially, you know, kind of doing what I do. It's a little hard for me to sit in front of a computer uh, when I'm on the fucking back of a fucking truck. Yeah. the snow and the rain and shit. Yeah. Plus a kid. Yeah. And a wife and everything else. Of course. Life, dude. I completely uh, get it. But we had a bunch of songs. Then we scrapped them. Then we had a bunch more. Then we lost a drummer. Mm -hmm. So, and then before you know it, you're like, all right, let's take a break from this. Let's have some fun, do some shows. And weeks turn into a couple of months. And then a couple of months turns into, you know, a couple of years. And then because there's no record label really pushing, although Reaper is our home right now. Right. He's never pushed or anything. So um, at the time, maybe it was a little bit of a blessing that there's no push, but it kind of prolonged sure. us from putting out, you know, newer shit. But uh, I think we got uh, five new songs coming out in May on Reaper. Awesome. Working um, title for the city. I guess you can call it an EP. Uh, right now it's self-titled. Okay. And, uh, you know, um, we got Dan Corneff coming back in to try to help us along here. The guy who produced Life and Times. Okay. Uh, you know, with the superhuman, you know, kind of approach. Yeah. Uh, I I refuse to go backwards, man. I'm not gonna, you know, after and I met him through Billy. Okay. He actually did the MOD record I was on, and then he did Life and Times. Gotcha. Uh, Dan Corneff, fucking another pivotal, super talented guy that you come across. Yeah. Fucking guy touches <laughs> everything. I mean, yeah. he's done. A lot of bands. I'll just say that. Anyone yeah. who's interested to look up, look them up, you're going to be fucking blown away. Yeah. Um, great guy. No, great ear. Knows what to pick and grab and make happen. And as a, as a guy in a band, I could never fucking go anywhere else. He's got to be the guy the involved. Guy. Yeah. Listen, you find that guy. It's like, yeah, uh, you know. So that I think that's we're looking at May. That's awesome. For that and. Uh, you know, it's pretty psyched. So that's kind of cool because if you put it out like May, you have something to push and then you play this coming years. This is hardcore again. 
Uh, well, sure. Although we just played last year. Yeah, yeah but you got something new. You, uh, can yeah. you know? Listen, a lot of love. For, a lot I of know love that Joe Hardcore is a big MP fan. And uh, we're a big Joe Hardcore fan. Who's not? Come yeah. on, man. Great fuck guy, guy though. Great, great guy. I have to say, Joe McKay has single-handedly kept this fucking band alive. I've told this to him. <laughs> if he's even remotely listening to this, he knows, and I give him credit. Uh, there was a couple of down and out times for MP in the last couple of years, and he's pretty much, whether he knows it or not, brought us back from the brink a little bit. Even though it's a show, yeah, what a fucking show to be a part of. Of and course. It, it, he's injected life back into this band probably more than he realizes. So, yeah, big shout out to, Huge. to Joey. Love yeah. him. Great guy. Another great guy. Another pivotal guy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I sat down. I was. I sat there. We sat and drank coffee. I went to Philly. I had like off, <coughs> like for like it was in between jobs. I had off like a week and a half or something. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna take one full day yeah. and leave my house super early. And I'm driving to Philly, and I wound up doing three podcasts in one day, all Philly people. Right. And Joe was the first one that I did that Just day. Talk. Yeah, it was almost. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a good one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He was drinking. And he, he knows his shit, man. Oh, he, he knows, knows his shit. shit. Yeah, He's man. a fair guy too. Puts a lot of people on, man. Yeah. Oh, big time, dude. Big Look at these fucking lineups and shit. Like, there's certain bands. Like, like I there was like like I people know this. Like, I was kind of late to the game going to this hardcore. Maybe like five years ago was mm-hmm. my first one. I've been going every every single day since. I yeah. make it a, a point. I'm there all four days. I'm there. I, right. I make it with work. I take vacation days if I need to. I get the hotel. I get my four-day pass regardless. Right. Like they hook me up, too, but I still buy my pass. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. I still do all that yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, there'll be, you know, all these bands. Like, some bands, I have no idea who this band is, but I'll check them out. You know what I mean? Like, I, there's, a, there's several bands. I'm like, oh, it's a fucking dope fucking band. And I had no idea they even existed. Look at the greatness in that. Now, you're probably not. The, you know you're not the only one that feels that way or is even oh, in no. that situation. Nope. So here's Joe providing information and the exposure to stuff that a lot of people, you know. Look, listen, the hardcore scene is pretty... You know, you know the diehards are very aware of who's who, yeah. And they're, you know, they're very uh, thorough in their music. Sure. Whether it be hearing the music or knowing the story of the band, and yeah. they, you know, the the hardcore community is very thorough mm-hmm. with their love. And you know this. Oh, I do. And Joe is a very thorough guy with his interest in bands and in music. So much so that he really puts these guys and a lot of bands on that a lot of people. Never saw before, never heard of. Right. I mean, most of them, you know, have their own little thing. So it's not, you know, but that's one great thing about Joe is Joe's not one of these promoters that will just put up, put up the glory and pat himself on the back. He's a guy that will take the time across the board. Yeah. And it's, you know, as an older guy and, and knowing and being been around, have been around and. Uh, and knowing how it works, I give him a lot of credit. Oh, fuck yeah. It's I not give easy. It's not fucking The easy. fucking headaches that kind of must have. Oh my God. I mean, I mean, even Joey and company doing the New York two days. It's, yeah. It's a, it's a lot. It's yeah. a lot. I, I, you know. You know, I, I booked about two dozen shows at Lucky 13. And after a while, it's like... It's a lot. It's man. a lot. So yeah. I'm not even putting myself anywhere near close to what any of these other guys do. But I got a little taste of it. Yeah. So... To put together, especially like a, a four day festival in Philly, one venue here and then the, the next at a different venue, and 
everything that goes into not even just the bands. I mean, yes, he has a couple of people that help him, but he's like it's it's mostly him. Yeah, you know oh, what I mean. He's a multitasking right motherfucker. So like it's like you have you know all your food trucks and this and your merch and you this and then you have all these lineups and I know I've never seen it, but I know he's spoken about it before. Like he has like it's like a grid. Yeah. That he like up, up, down, left, and right. He'll have all the bands, like yeah. all the, and he'll line them up where it's like, okay, this band belongs like like this. It's a whole thing that he oh, yeah. he doesn't be like, all right, this band, this band. No, it's is there's a system, yeah, and it takes a lot of time and effort and patience and just dealing with fucking band the, members the, the and bands, band, yeah. and then yeah, all of that shit yeah. that no one has any idea about. I mean, you'll get cool bands who are like, yeah, sure, no problem, who don't have agents, and then you have bands with agents, and then there's this, and then, and like you were saying, not everyone's so young, so you get these other bigger bands, a little bit bigger bands that have lives, and they're, right. already, they're already touring, or whatever. It's not fucking I give him easy. a lot of credit. Uh, every, every year, I I'm get, like, yeah. every year. If you pay attention for two minutes and see what... It might entail. Yeah, you're impressed. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, that's why I go without and I support it. I understand. Yeah, absolutely, it. absolutely. Yeah. Every year he asks us to play. I, I never say no. I feel lucky to be part of it because oh, it's dude, such a great vibe. There's bands that would fucking cut yeah. off their fucking toe to fucking oh, play yeah. that fucking oh, yeah. thing. It's the truth. That's uh, definitely a good time. Philly, since the band's inception, has always showed MP love. Yeah. Uh, I've had, I had a lot that of Philly friends. scene is strong, man. Like, my first introduction to a lot of those people that are my age was back in the day uh, at, uh, it was a club called the Unisound in Reading, okay. PA. Uh, that's where I met a lot of Philly people from those days. Uh, a lot of hardcore shows. It was a cool place. It was... Uh, like, they had two half pipes in it. Oh, it was a warehouse. Sad. It was a that's total awesome. DIY punk rock straight out of suburbia. Nice. You know, that kind of vibe. This was years ago. And uh, then Joe, which I did not know him, but he booked this at this small bar in Philly called the Ferenz Tavern. Oh, boy. And he knows. He's probably cringing <laughs> if he's listening to this. And that's, that was my first introduction. This is pre. This is hardcore. Yeah. But he was even, he was a kid. Yeah. And uh, he, he booked us down there at the Ferenz Tavern. And that was my first fucking uh, meeting with Joe. Really? And then, but this is before any, you know, huge. Yeah, just uh, probably even before, like, Shadow Realm and all that stuff, maybe. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. For yeah, punishment, yeah. Pre, yeah. pre, all that yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah, possibly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So shout out to him. And I'll, yeah, I'll, absolutely. Next, I'll definitely be there next year. Whether MP plays or not, but you should play. I mean, yes, but <laughs> yeah, we don't. I never hesitate with that. So. Yeah, no, I don't blame you. Yeah, no, it's always a good time, man. Yeah, that's good shit, man. Yeah. So you have five new songs coming out with MP coming out possibly in May. Yeah, working title is self-titled for the time being. Yes, good shit on Reaper. I tell you the one thing that uh, you know, this is me. Okay, uh, I got to tell you, uh, Patrick Kitzel from Reaper Records. Came to the house and sat with me for two days with, I'm a hoarder, all right? So okay. since the band started, I pretty much have done all the artwork, all, you know, in the early days, I did all the flyers and everything. Right. Saved every fucking thing. I'm a hoarder when it comes to Photos, things. everything, yeah. you know? So we were talking and he's like, look, listen, Joe, I know you did, you know, you put out the demo before, um, but what about like a real like time capsule kind of release? 
uh, a vinyl version, almost like a Maximum Penalty Kiss Alive 2. And I'm like, nice. you got my attention, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's like, listen, you know, because he loves the band. He's like the fifth member. Uh, and he loves the band's story, and I love him for that because, you know, there's times where, you know, I guess people just consider, oh, MP is whatever, and who gives a fuck, and blah, blah, blah. So when you meet a guy who is actually interested in, like, a piece of fucking history that people, some people choose to ignore, right. and other people, you know, try to just deflect right. for whatever reasons, here comes this guy, says, no, 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 fuck that. Uh, I want to document this fucking, the beginnings of this band. Right. So I was like, great. And he's like, let's re-release just the demo with the blackout records kind of, uh, with those songs. Uh, and let's do like an old school collage. Sick. You know, so all these, this whole fucking record is filled with just two, the first two years of the band. And I'm pretty proud of this, man. It's, it's got like, you know, it's, it's a dope. Gate, it's a gatefold. It's got two pullouts, color three colored vinyl. Um, you know, when people pick it up, it's like got the original logo I did in high school. It's got every show we played in the two years, those first two years of the wow. band. Wow. You know what I mean? I mean, he really did a great fucking job. You drew the original logo? Yeah, this is me. Well, I wish it was me. But uh, that was self-portrait. <laughs> it was like Jimmy's inner beast at the time. <laughs> of course it was. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, of course. Uh, I mean, we were like, all right, how are we gonna fucking capture the rage of this motherfucker? Oh, of course. I know a Jimmy character <laughs> with fuck on steroids and an <laughs> Uzi gun, <laughs> yeah, and a tattoo, and then Pete tattoo and a fucking flat top and a flat top. It's perfect. Come on, man. But yeah, there's the flat top right there. Yeah, That's me and him in the back and see me. Um, but when he approached me to do this, I don't know, uh, he, I was like, absolutely. And he's like, well, what do you got? And I was like, huh, what do I got? I got everything. I got fucking photos from fucking here, there, flies, every, and he just put it all together in this one thing. He sent me a test press of it, uh, a couple of months ago. And I was just like, fucking, I, it, for a guy who is a little older and this is his first band to actually have this put together. I know Outburst is putting theirs out. Right. I know uh, Raw Deal did theirs. Breakdown did their demo. This is fucking some, Yeah. This thing is some other shit, man. Yeah. It's like the old school gatefold. It's it's it's, it's, it's fucking great. It's fucking... He went all fucking out. It's like from the 80s. Yeah. That's right. what it, I mean. You know, a lyric sheet, the first sticker... I mean, I don't even know what color vinyl this is. He went with, like, red, blue, and clear. Yeah. But he... It's like baby blue, which is the cover of the demo. Right. That was the plan. That's but great. I was like, look, listen, I don't care. I don't want it to look new. Right. Can we keep it black and white. And he's like, no, no, no. It has to look like the 80s. Right. And that's what I love, because he got it right away. He stuck to the original fucking plan of it, and... This is one of the things that kept uh, a new thing coming out too, because we put a lot of time and effort into this. Yeah, and uh, but this was worth it. So. Can people buy this anywhere? Is this available anywhere? This is available. Let people know, all you fucking vinyl kids. Uh, you know who has it? You go to ReaperRecords.com, Check his web store. Check Rev's store. Uh, check Dead City Records store. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, all three of them have copies of this. Awesome. Yeah, I was going back and forth with Patrick several times to 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 link and do to do an episode. You got to do it. He's got a lot going on. That's another guy. 
You want to talk about it's all about time? It's all about timing, dude. I'm down. Yeah, he. You know, I told him he's like he should come to the house and do it here. He's like, well, let me know and what's going on. But he's all the way up in fucking Liverpool, New York. Yeah, he's, he's, he's far- not. He's a cheap travels. You want to talk about a passionate guy? I'm telling you, man. Uh, I met him. Obviously, the way we met Patrick was uh, uh, we recorded four songs on our own with Dan Cornett for Life and Times, right. and uh, we wound up um, getting turned down by fucking Bridge Nine and 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 Rev, and nobody really wanted a, a piece of it. Um, and I'm not really sure. I think somehow. Scott Vogel got a fucking uh, a hold of the four songs. Fuck. And then Busky got a hold of the four songs. Uh, now, at the time, Scott was still Terra. Uh, Busky was just out of Terra, still family. Yeah. And the middle ground was Patrick. And they said, look, listen, you got to hear this shit. You got to hear this shit. You got to fucking meet with these guys. And I honestly, I don't know who got Patrick on the phone, but I remember having a conversation with him. He came down, met us on the Lower East Side and said, look, listen, you guys got it recorded. I don't want fucking nothing. I don't want ownership. If this is your thing, I just want to put it out. And at the time, it was perfect, bro. Yeah. You know, he came with, you know, uh, a whole roster and a whole history and the want to kind of be a part of us instead of us striving to be a part of him, which right. is kind of like the dynamic yeah, with a sure. lot of other labels. Absolutely. So it was like completely a reverse thing. And I, that's another guy I love to this day. Yeah. He's still pro MP. Not many people are. And he's one of the few men. And yeah. you know, if anyone takes the time to thank him, I will right now, right here for that guy. I love that guy. He's like my brother. Nice. And uh, as you can see, look at the fucking... Yeah, it's fucking amazing. I know people who listen to it, they don't have it in front of them. But right, like, that's, why, know, that's why I say, like... Like, who the fuck goes all out like this? You know what I mean? Not too many fucking No. People. It's a great release, and it's... Uh, I think he's... I don't know. I think retail is 10 bucks on it. I'm not really sure. Yeah. Reaper-records.com. There you go. Yeah. And you know what? It just popped in my head because I'm looking at the track list here. So I have to ask you, how? what was, like, the... Uh, did you play a part in it or whatever? I mean, obviously some sort, but when Rockstar Games, how did you guys, because if people don't know, if you play Grand Theft Auto Liberty yeah, City, yeah. when you steal a car, you can put on the hardcore radio station. Liberty City. Liberty City. Radio. Yeah. Liberty City Radio. And there's like a Leeway song. There's an AF song. There's a Bad Brain song. There's a Bad Brain Leeway, song. Murphy's Law. Yep. And... There's an MP song, All Your Boys. How the fuck did that happen? All right, so the story goes, uh, that had everything to do with Armando from Fahrenheit. Gotcha. So the story goes is uh, Armando's wife, Jen, who my wife knows from the neighborhood out here. Jen grew up in Bay Ridge. Okay. Uh, They were living around the corner from here. Um, And Armando's like, look, listen, uh, these guys are putting out another version of Grand Theft Auto. Uh, and he wants to do like a punk rock hardcore station. Would you put it, give a song? You know, I have nothing to do with like, you know, the logistics of it. Right. But if I put you in contact with this guy, Yvonne, would you be down with it? And I'm like, fucking hell yeah. Yeah. Because I'll be fucking long gone. Yeah. And this thing will still be going. Yeah. 
And I don't care if it's all your boys in high school that uh, a song we wrote in high school. I don't know. Who gives a fuck? <clears throat> it was total vibe. Total yeah. 1988. Yeah. Uh, that's why he wanted to use it. Yeah. And uh, I But got, it goes along with all the other songs that were on that station. It was perfect. It, uh, the guy, Yvonne, got in touch with me and said, look, listen, this is what we're offering. Obviously, you guys are the lowest t- on the totem pole. I think Guns N' Roses was the, the bigger part of the fucking yeah. music soundtrack. I'm like, yeah, I, that's fine. Yeah. Because at the time, you know, and I, I consulted with uh, Carl Picard on it. We were talking about it and kind of got the same deal. And and just, we both kind of agreed, like, just to be part of it is fucking very yeah, cool. Yeah, dude. Um, that was the only reason why, true story, The uh, yeah, as a little kid, yeah, I played my little Nintendo, whatever. But that was the only reason why I got an Xbox to play Liberty City because it was based in New York. And I was yeah, like, holy yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. And there was, there, was a, there was a black and blue bowl when they were still doing it at Studio B. Yeah. Brooklyn. This was like, yeah, this was like maybe 2008, 2009, something. Yeah. I'm outside. There's a huge line outside. All of a sudden, there's a fucking van that pulls up. And there's dudes fucking throwing out shirts that say Liberty City Hardcore. Oh, yeah, yeah. And people that. were confused. We were like, where are you guys from? Like, what is this? But it was the fucking promoting the game. Yeah, I was like, yeah, this yeah. is fucking dope. They went on a huge promotion for that. Yeah. They wound up, uh, I guess they pressed it three or four times already. Really? Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty popular f- game. I'm not the gamer. Right. But to be asked to be part of something it's like kind of that, a fun game, and I'm not a gamer at all. With, uh, but dude, soon as when he's like, well, I'm like, who, you know, I'm under who else is on it? He's like, well, right now it's uh, the Bad Brains, Murphy's Law, Leeway. I'm like, stop. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> you got, you got. I'm me. like, yes. I mean, I was yes before, but soon as I was like, fucking absolutely, just to be in that company, of course, on a on a video game, yeah. meant a lot as yeah. a hardcore kid. Of course, you know, it still does. Absolutely, if you it know should. what I mean. Because I, I I may be 49 years old, but at, in my heart, I'm still a hardcore kid. That Me too. Loves all of this shit. Me too. It's like geek nerd shit. Yeah, I love, I love, I love it. it. You're a horror guy too. Me too. Yeah. Oh, that's fucking. That's lifelong. a whole. Oh yeah. Me too. Thank you, Gladys Dolan, for ruining me. That was my grandmother. Oh uh, yeah. Had, yeah. She made me sit through The Exorcist and all kinds of crazy shit. One of the greatest because she was so scared shitless, she couldn't watch it by herself. So she made the four year old watch it with her. Nice. I've been scarred since then. That's awesome. Though. I love her for it. Yeah. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. The Exorcist is the greatest. I love that jolt. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Listen, man. Same here. I, I still watch all that old terrible shit. I'm lining up podcasts. Like, are you? Do you like like old school? Like, not even like the more popular ones. Like, like old terrible early 80s slasher movies like oh Mother's Day and Mad Men and all yeah, the here's a here's, here's one don't be afraid of the dark heavy Come on, I mean I got I, I won't course, even dude. dig I won't even dig yeah you don't even have to dig you just threw a don't be afraid of the dark <laughs> DVD at me I get it yeah no I mean I love it I love a lot of newer stuff too I tell you there was- some of it some of it. Too many fucking possession movies. No, 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 no. Well, one good one was great. Did you see Hereditary? I and I saw Midsummer. I can't wait for Aaron. What's his name? The director uh, Ari Aster to come out with something else. And I haven't said that about a director in years. Midsummer, Bizarro. Great movie. Bro, how can you fucking create a movie that's broad daylight, so light, and still make it so batshit? 
Yeah. Because I, horror movies are usually dark and at night you know, and you know, rainy. You know what I noticed with him, especially with Hereditary, and then, then you see Midsommar, he likes those long, eerie fucking shots with it's, the creepy movie, with the creepy uh, audio in it, and it, like, it'll zoom out a window, but it'll take forever. It's great, yeah, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw Midsommar, and I said this before on a different podcast, but... There's, do you do you you don't go to horror conventions, do you? I do. I saw you at uh, Chilla one year. Chilla, did you? Yes. Yeah. I, I'm. All, I already have plans. I have fucking reservations for hotels already. Uh, do you, you do Cherry Hill and everything. I do them all. Oh, look at you. I do them all. Bro, I go to Monster Mania twice a year. Nice. Chiller. It's usually once, possibly twice, depending on who's there. Yeah. New Jersey Horror Con twice Never a year. Been. How is it? It's great. That's yeah. in Atlantic City. Okay. It was in like. Edison for like the, his first like shout out to Ryan. Eventually, I'm gonna have him on because he's a great guy. Um, he did like maybe four of them in Edison, and uh-huh. then it got really big. So obviously, he's doing something right. So he moved it to the showboat. In, oh wow! In Atlantic nice. City, nice. But you get your little code. You go there. I get the fucking hotel room for the weekend because yeah, first yeah, of yeah. all, it's Atlantic City. It's a yeah. hike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you go down there. It's a whole. Th- it's fucking great, bro. They have like. I'm not a karaoke guy, and I don't sing karaoke at all, but always on that Saturday night at this place called Aces in in the hotel, uh-huh. they have, like, this, they call, like, scaryoke or whatever, uh-huh. but it's usually, like, 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 last year, it was the dude that makes all the noises from Police Academy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he was the host. <laughs> right. The year before, what it was, like, Mr. Belding name? from, like, fucking Saved by the Bell or something like that, but... Everybody who's at the convention, because at the time the convention's shut down already, it right. ends at like seven, eight o'clock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It starts at like nine. I, so everyone's hanging out. Next thing you know, I turn around, there's like Tony Moran who played the face of Michael Myers. He's like yeah. my boy. He's the best. My daughter can't wait to see one. him again. <laughs> it's the best. But I turn around, Razor Ramon is there. Yeah, Ron yeah, Jeremy yeah, yeah, is yeah, there. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. what's happening yeah. right now? It's so much fun. My dude. friend Anthony, who passed away, God rest his soul, another member of Machine. Okay. Uh, he actually does two leads on Life and Times. Okay. So before he passed away, he introduced me to uh, Chilla. So he, he had been going, getting a hotel for the weekend down in Parsippany, loved it. Yeah. So he's like, Joe, you got to come check it out. And he's like, you know what? We'll walk around. We'll spend this. We'll spend some money. It's merch galore and a couple of talent. And, yeah. uh, but the show is really at the bar when the convention's over. Yeah. I had no idea what he was talking about. So I'm like, all right, fuck it. You know, it's let's go. We walk in, uh, Chuck Zito's walking out. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Then we get in there and we get there early. Right. And there's not a lot of people there, but there's two guys at the bar drinking, uh-huh. doing shots. Yeah. Me and Anthony walk over to the bar. We order around, and I look over Anthony's shoulder, and I'm like, wow, that's funny. This guy looks like the big ragu. And it turns, he turns around, and he's like, it is the big ragu. It's sick, right? It's the George Romero doing shots. It's sick. I'm like, where the fuck am I? Right. It's so bizarre. We wind up fucking so going over, drinking and hanging out with them, and I'm like... I have, I'm standing here talking to George Romero with these fucking glasses, mm-hmm. and here's fucking Carmine from Laverne and Shirley. So like, weird. What the? I was like, I was hooked. Yeah, it was bro, great. it's the greatest. Bro, I'm in the fucking showboat. It was like it was like Sunday. Everything was wrapping up. The convention was over. Yeah. It's like, all right, let's grab you know something to, you know bite to eat. I'm sitting in there, and next thing you know, it's like. 
Here comes fucking Nev Campbell and this one. It was like a, the movie The Craft. Like, yeah, 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 in yeah. And, I'm just, and I'm creepy. So I'm like, <laughs> so I'm taking, I'm taking, I'm like zooming. I, I like mute my fucking uh, phone. I'm taking pictures and shit. <laughs> it's just bizarre, dude. It's like you look around and there's fucking Tony Moran. You know who he is, yeah, right? Of he, course. He's just the face of Michael Myers. Like, yes. I've met him so many times. He brought my daughter into the fucking casino with me and my girl. We walked in. He gave her a fifty dollar bill, and he was like, "It was just like her. It was like her ninth birthday. He had just met her." I was like, "Oh yeah, she just turned out. Oh yeah, this is what we're gonna do." He had a few drinks in him or whatever. It was like two o'clock in the morning. We just got to the showboat. Me, Nikki, and my girl and my daughter. And he looks at me, and a guy had met him several times. Like, right. hey, what's going on? Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah, know yeah. each other. So he looks at me. He opens his mouth. He's like, people give me money at these things all the time. Are you fucking right? Man. Yeah. So, so he's. I'm like, all right. I'm like, uh. I was like, yeah, it's my daughter. You know, you never met her. You know, she just turned nine. Well, somehow, or right. whatever. It was just her birthday. Whatever. Oh yeah, hey, come with me. Now the showboat is connected to the Hard Rock. So okay, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. so he, he's like, all right, come and come with me. Grabs my daughter's hand. We were all, all of us, she's nine years old. She can't be in a casino, but it didn't really matter because we go into the casino and he takes the $50 bill out of his wallet. He gives it to my daughter. He goes, Check, whichever, like the, the nicest and the prettiest slot machine, whatever you think is the nicest, you take this and you put it in, you pull the thing and you see what happens. So we go in the security. 50 bucks. A $50 bill, right? And, and, and security is like, oh, you know, she can't. And Tony's like, well, hold on, relax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with the convention, relax. Let right. her just put the money in the thing. Right. Boom, she put the money in the thing. It wins like $17. It's like, it's like $67. He yeah. gave it a ticket. He's like, happy birthday, kid. Come on. Michael Myers. Yeah. <laughs> What are the odds? What are the odds? <laughs> bro, I had the receipt still. It's the greatest, bro. Bro, I fucking love these things. <laughs> he's announced again for New Jersey Horror Con, so I'm like, he was the first announcement. So I'm like, automatic, we're already there. That's cool. Tony Moran's there, we're there. That's cool. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, there's a lot of memories of Chiller and just weird fucking uh, sightings. I don't get starstruck a lot, but... Me neither. You know who I got starstruck by once, bro? And I don't know, even know why. And I, this is the first time I've ever said it, I think, on on the podcast. But <clears throat> wasn't even a horror guy. It was towards the end of the convention. Like, I was about to leave, and people were wrapping up. And I, I'm walking out, and I look to the left, and I'm like, Huh. You know what? Fuck it. I'm going to meet him. And I walked over. It was fucking Sensei John Kreese, Martin Cove, from the Karate Kid. Sweep the leg guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah, walk yeah. in there. Bro, next thing you know, I'm like stuttering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, how you doing? That thing? My girl's like, you all right? Yeah. I'm like, I don't know what's happening to me right now. Out of nowhere, Adrian Barbeau comes out she of. She was just recently at one. She was, she was, I guess she was, she got up from her signing booth and she was making her way, uh, in, I thought it was to me. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, she's old as shit. And, yeah. and I was still like, I was, little, Joe. I was a little fucking taken back. And I'm like, and I was like, oh, hello, Mrs. Barbara. Like a real corny creep. Well, listen, I get the same way sometimes too. And she's like, oh, it's nice to meet you, young man. Are you having a good time? And I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you fanboyed out. It's all right. It happens. Because I had a flash of like, Escape from New York. The fog. Yeah. Oh my God. She's right here. Yeah. You know? Of course. Yeah. It's, 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 it's fucking cool, bro. Yeah, it brings yeah. you back, bro. Yeah, it's absolutely. Like, that's all that nostalgia shit. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. all about it. Yeah. And it's a shame because I've met so many. I have, I get a lot, depending on who it is, if 
I don't get everyone's autograph, but I have a lot of autographs. Right. The Shining my Twin. Jimmy, my friend Jimmy does too. The Shining Twins, Danny Lloyd, my daughter's yeah. met all these people, almost all the Jasons. This, I have so, we have, we have three fucking photo albums. They're worth thousands of dollars. Thousands. Nice. Yeah. So, I fucking, I tried like three different times on principle. I don't care about the money because I, I put away a little bit for this. I look forward to it. I put a little money yeah, away sure. so we can go and have a good time. Right. I tried to give Linda Blair my money three times. She won't take it. She's a twat. Really? She's such a twat. She's a, she's a big animal. I big, That's I all she cares that. about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Why did I know you were going to say that? She's just such a, she's, yeah. just, she's just not nice. It's like you're an actress. At least pretend like you want to be there. Rolling her eyes at people. Alan, the bass player for Life of Agony. Uh-huh. You know how he does? He draws. He's, yeah. he, you know, I, I, bought, I bought his book because I walked away from Linda Blair. Well, at a convention, at a, right. at a chiller. I'm waiting in line. One, this is the first time I'm ever going to meet her. I'm like, I can't wait. I got to meet her. She's fucking the exorcist girl. Standing there on this huge ass line. I turn around. Lou sick of it all is right behind me. He's like, hey, what's up? I'm like, oh, shit. What's going on? He's like, oh, boo. I'm like, oh, I'm waiting for Linda Blake. Big horror fan. Huge. Lou's best. Shout out to Lou Cola. So he's like, oh, yeah, all right. So now I start watching, like, Linda Blair, and she has, she has like, these face, this fucking, she has, like, a mug. How do you, she, right? how do you go into Chilla charging people money? Bro! And rolling your eyes? It's like 60 bucks for an autograph, a $100 combo with your own camera, right? And she has a line around the block. And she gets flown in from L.A., wherever she's from. She gets a per diem. She must gets everything. Nice. Right? Must, must be nice. For being 12 years old and did that one. Yeah, movie. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? So then, so then I walk over, like, I walk off the line because I was just, like, disgusted. Like, I won't give her $5 on principle. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I walk over and I go to Alan's booth because Alan was promoting a brand new book that he had just right. done. I know so, he's, he's illustrations. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. a book called Crawl to Me. So... It was like a bargain. It was like, I was about to drop like $80, $100 off here. I'm going to buy fucking Alan's book for 40 bucks. Good for you. Right? So, yeah. but I was like, yeah, man, I just walked off. I was telling Alan and I was like, yeah, I just walked off Linda Blair's fucking line because she's fucking nasty. He was like, dude, you know what the fuck happened? I'm like, what happened? He's like, he's like, at the time, like he'll do like a custom thing, like at the convention. Right. He'll draw something for you, Alan. You know what I mean? And, you know, charge you a little couple bucks, whatever. So, him being a huge horror fan, he did a crazy Linda Blair Exorcist one just as a sign of appreciation and met her and gave it to her. And was like, hey, you know, I mean, it's not honor to meet you. But she looked at it. She looked at him and was like, well, why do you have to draw me like that? Oh, God. Right there? I got, I, I can't. Sonny Black, joining the podcast. What's up, bro? Sonny Black? Sonny Black. That's his name. It's a cat. Yes, it's a cat. Sonny Black. What's up, bro? That's awesome. I saw Sonny Black's uh, tombstone. I went there and I... I, I really? Went, yeah, I went to go visit it. Big, uh, big mob. Uh, oh, yeah. Too. Oh, Love yeah. It. Love yeah. it. Oh, I'll show you a whole bunch of stuff when we're done recording. I got a... So, one time, I brought my wife to her first chiller. My friend Anthony has been hounding for me to go. I've been going... This is a couple of years back. Yeah. Uh, and I finally drag my wife to one. She's a big... She's like, all right, the ghost hunters are going to be there. She's big uh, A&E ghost paranormal stuff. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. So they're there. And uh, we made the mistake of hitting the bar first. Oh, boy. <laughs> so we... Uh, you know, she was like starstruck. She was tongue-tied. She was excited to meet them. Unfortunately, I was not. And I was the biggest skeptic asshole. Of course. And I was like... And I was like, hey, uh, Grant, uh, <laughs> what, do you, what do you charge for uh, coming to Brooklyn to check out a home? And he's in 
full like you know uh, he's got the full act down the and full he's got gimmick the, mode he's yeah. got the well rehearsed lines and he's like whoa we go about this and we have to test for that and blah 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 and I'm like I know but we, we, we both know this is bullshit <laughs> the guy got fucking pissed he's like no 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 it, no we take it very serious so I was like I know I know it's me you can tell me it's yeah yeah bullshit, it's right? me don't worry about bullshit right and you can see in this guy's face that he's like who is this fucking bald drunk uh, uh, asshole yeah. telling me that I'm a phony and I'm like oh, awesome. and, I, and the whole time then I started breaking this was I'm like come on okay, come, come on, on. <laughs> that's awesome my wife's like we gotta go we gotta go of course <laughs> you got cursed out <laughs> no but you could tell he was like fucking being very dismissive and he's yeah. like I'll get this fucking guy away from yeah. me yeah it's fun times man oh I love it it's great it's awesome yep yeah so there's a couple coming up in March there's, March is when it starts again yeah there's a New Jersey Horror Con in March and then there's I haven't when's the Cherry Hill one I heard that's pretty good that one. Oh yeah that's that's uh that's my girl's birthday weekend that's like March 13th 14th and 15th or something like that oh they already announced fucking mad people for that bro oh really the first okay. one they announced Danny Trejo okay I wow got, oh bro wow they had like Tim Curry they fucking they have fucking people I gotta look into that Monster Mania is the the big big yeah. boys yeah they had John Carpenter they yeah, had yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. what are they charging uh, uh, at the door it's the same as everything else. All right. Okay. It, you, you, you know, if you're going to go for the weekend, you get three, three right. days, 25 bucks, 30 bucks, like whatever it is. It's, right. it's the average thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it all depends on who you want to meet and how much they cost and whatever. Right. You know what I mean? So, I mean, what's crazy? Fucking New Jersey Horicon last time, they had fucking Charlie Sheen there, bro. It was crazy. Yeah, that's the one thing that kind of, <laughs> like I tried to explain to people, like it's not only horror, but it's not. Like, Some of it's pop, pop culture. Yeah. Sure. Which is great. Yeah. I mean, where else are you going to walk in and see, like... Uh, Christina Ricci, fucking... Barbara Eden, or fucking, right. you know, uh, Linda Evans from Dynasty. It's weird. Yeah, it's, yeah, it gets weird. It does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I walk to a room, I look, it's fucking Potsy from Happy Days. Like, what? <laughs> what? And then you look at him, you're like, oh, I get it. It's yeah, scary. yeah, it's fucking Potsy, and there's a fucking woman from Cujo, and it... Boris Karloff's daughter. Yeah, she was a bro. Do you the know third alien from the left from bro, fucking yeah, blah blah blah, whoever, whatever. Movie. Do you know who was there? I was like, I didn't even know she was the fifth it. zombie with the neck slash. Yeah, from fucking yeah, Return of the fucking Zombies Four. Yeah, but see, an asshole like me, I'll mark out and fucking want to meet that guy. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. Stupid shit like that. <laughs> the fucking girl. Since it's like Christmas time, we can like kind of wrap up with this because we're beginning now. We'll come full circle. It's a Wonderful Life, the movie, right? The fucking end. You know, every time a bell ring, an angel gets his wings. That little girl is ninety nine years old and was at the last fucking chiller. Wow, wow. Zuzu pedals. Zuzu pedals. That's. <laughs> Yeah, but that's Andrew Dice Clay also, but her oh. name was Zuzu. Oh, okay. But Andrew Dice Clay in Fort Fairlane. Yeah, 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 yeah. Zuzu. Oh, same. Oh, okay. I didn't yeah. make that connection. Yeah, oh, wow. we're over here now. <laughs> <laughs> Retarded. No, definitely good times. Yeah, man. It's fun shit. So now, all the social media bullshits. You want people to follow you? Uh, do it or you can't. Or just do it. Just more band shit. Uh, you know, whatever. I don't, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> All right. Well, it's Joe Affy on Instagram. J-O-E-A-F-F-E. Pretty simple. Yeah. Nothing too exciting. No. <laughs> and then uh, the uh, maximum penalty, which is just maximum underscore penalty. 
Um, what do you got? Well, you got Reaper Records, right? Yes, we do. It's uh, that's just at Reaper Records. Uh, there's uh, we don't have we don't have the dot com anymore, but you know, just the regular. The Facebook, the Twitter, the Instagram. Yeah. All uh, the, 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 the Twitter the, is uh, MPNYHC. Yeah. Um, Who runs all these pages? Who runs the MP page? Uh, which page? On Instagram. Busky does the Instagram. I do the Twitter and Facebook. Gotcha. And Very cool. that's how that's kind of been going. Okay. Uh, but you know, just posting and whatever we have. Uh, other than this new uh, record, we're going to be working on uh, in the spring uh, for May twenty twenty. Uh, we're doing uh, we're doing a show at A seven uh, with Drew Stone. That's right, uh, February twenty third. Yeah, which should be a lot of fun. These uh, all these shows have been pretty. Pretty packed. And, yeah, it's uh, a great thing that he's doing that. Yeah, there. it's a good vibe. I have the flyer right here. Sunday, February 23rd at 2 o'clock um, at the Old A7, Niagara, which is 112 Avenue A down in the city. Got Maximum Penalty, The Last Stand. Shout out to Mike Scandato and yep. Dion and all those guys. Yep, yep. End of Hope, South Class Veterans, Posse in Effect, which is a Beastie Boys tribute, which is fucking great. There's a band called Gorilla Glue, which I hear has like this fucking crazy little buzz going on mm-hmm. with uh, DJ Sid the Kid. Yeah. A little Sunday matinee down at the, like, really, like, it, it, CB's, they say it was the birthplace of hardcore and punk rock, but A7 was a little bit before. There's a lot of clubs yeah. going on. I mean, uh, yeah. A7 was one of them. Yeah. You know? Uh, Great Gilda Sleeves and all that oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. Kansas yeah, City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I mean, historic fucking iconic little room. Yeah. No, I'm actually psyched to, I have, uh... Size, like this big, yeah. It's about the size. We're, we're doing a, a follow-up show in my living room here. Nice. Yeah, we're, we're gonna put the living tree room's off. bigger. We're gonna put the tree off to the side. Drums go right over there. There you go. Everybody's invited. Nice. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> but I, I can remember watching video of uh, you know AF in that room. Oh fuck yeah! You know, and uh, so I'm kind of excited just to play the room. Yeah, I know it's been a while. We tried to do another show with Drew. It's just people were away and we couldn't do it. Right. And I know we were kind of disappointed on both sides, but finally we were able to do one with Drew. We're kind of psyched. Awesome. It's going to be a good time. Brain is shine. Yeah. Without right a doubt. Old school hardcore matinee. Absolutely. Shout out to Drew for the shit that he's doing. Yeah, man. Now, do you want to uh, end this podcast with a song of your choice from one of your bands? I, An MP song or... I, yeah, yeah, why not? All right. Uh, yeah. Throw it out there, whatever you want. All right, uh, let's uh, let's uh, you know, you know, I'm gonna leave this to you. I'm gonna throw this back at you. Whatever, whatever you want. I mean, I, I'm I always like uh, the one right off the top. Life and Times is always a good one. That's what we'll do. That's a that's a good go to right there. There it is, the opening track off of the album of the same name, Life and Times, Maximum Penalty. Yes, Joe Affy. Jimmy, thank, thank you, sir. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Time. Yeah, man. Thank you for fucking doing this. Thank you for inviting me into your humble Absolutely. home. Absolutely. The Winter Wonderland. Yes. You like it? What do you think? It's adorable. It's not bad, right? I like it. I like the I like the the Saturdays over here. Right. I like you know a little. Well, we got a little Santa. We got a little uh, uh, misfits. A little so misfits. It says happy everything. You know what I mean? I mean, we got like you know uh, Namaste for Christmas over here. We're it's, covering ground. Yeah. 
We got the dog. You got the dog? <laughs> I didn't even realize he was here. How you doing? Yeah, he's very quiet. Nice. He doesn't talk a lot. Nice. <laughs> very cool. You got Sonny Black. Yeah, another little fuck. Nice. But, awesome, dude. This was fun. Yeah, man. Thank Absolutely. you. Jimmy, thank you. Anytime, man. I'm glad it happened. Yeah, Finally. Man. Absolutely. We're over here now. I keep it one time.